0: Johnny Mirror here and welcome back to Gamers Unite. Today we got a big episode planned. We got tons of topics to talk about, and I'm here joined with a special guest today. Uh none other than my friend Christian. Uh, you guys might know him by Borrow Space.
1: You might know him by his space. You might know.
0: I mean, there yeah, I might, might be
1: some people who know you by you that might. name. So You might. Uh, it's it's my it's my normal moniker nowadays. So. Yeah, it is.
0: You know, um, it's it's something to mention, all right?
1: yeah yeah you're right you're right um oh howdy howdy everybody
0: so yeah we got a ton of topics planned for you today uh we're gonna try to not make this episode long but uh do be prepared last episode was 20 minutes exactly and uh this episode i'm looking to have maybe 30 minutes if we get lucky it could push over that a little bit depending on how long we end up like actually start up conversation um But uh, we will try our hardest. But anyway, welcome to Gamers Unite. Gaming is a multi-platform entertainment recreation. We love this, guys. We do this because we like video games, and we just want to talk about it and celebrate it. Because why not do the thing we love and talk about video games? So anyway.
1: Exactly.
0: First topic. We've been doing this for the past two uh, episodes, and that is talk about recent releases. And, well, it just so happens that, at one point in time last week, <laughs> the highest-rated game of all time released, uh, that yeah. being Elden Ring. I can say, though, that it is no longer the highest-rated game. It, it has dropped, unfortunately, because I think mm-hmm. it, I think, I don't, I don't know, I wouldn't say I think it's the highest-rated game of all time, but it's definitely deserving, I'll say that. Um, but... So yeah, Elden Ring is the newest from Software game. If you don't know who they are, they are the studio that created the soul genre. They have created the Dark Souls games, the Bloodborne game, Sekiro, Demon Souls.
1: It's uh, called souls genre because it takes your soul literally. Um, and it makes <laughs> you sell it to them.
0: Yep. I mean, souls games are known for being the hardest, the most
1: I, I don't I mean, yeah, oh, just taxing. It's this the yeah. most taxing games. Like they're uh, Souls, are personally, some of my favorite types of games. I love, I love Souls. I love Souls genre now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, that's just. It's one of those games that you. It's. Uh, I didn't beat Dark Souls three until like almost four months into the game. Mm-hmm. So. So yeah, those game, it's, a, it's a very taxing game, but it's such a good feeling beating them, and it, they're amazing. Yeah. I, I I think everybody should try at least once in their life.
0: Absolutely. Um, like I said many times, Souls games are not for everybody, so don't feel like you don't fit in or you like are less of any type of gamer just because you don't like the Souls game it's a genre for specific type of people and that's actually an issue with Elden Ring right now and why it's actually kind of getting re- review bombed unfortunately is that this has been one of the most hype games ever since it was announced in 2017 it's actually one most anticipated game at the game Award every single year since its announcement um <laughs> that's not even a joke either i didn't know that i yeah. forgot about that man um and so a lot of people are buying into the hype more than you would see like any other Souls games. And unfortunately, there's just a big majority of people that just Souls games aren't their thing. So it's kind of making them think the game is bad, which is an unfortunate outcome. But I, I try to not look at that. I take it for what it is. And ladies and gentlemen, I've put in... I think I'm close to 20, 20 hours now. I, about I think say, I'm close I've to twenty hours now.
1: We've definitely put a lot of hours into this yes. game already.
0: And I can tell you for certain right now, this game has a one hundred percent chance of winning Game of the Year this year.
1: Uh <laughs> I was about to say this is like the top contender. This yes. is this is a game that, you know Honestly, yeah, I've been hyped ever since John sent me the uh something no you were, you
0: actually came over you actually came over um and i showed you the trailer
1: yeah i remember, oh, yeah. remember you I freaking remember out
0: because uh george r martin i think is the guy yeah george r,
1: r. martin yeah. and then uh the freaking dragon that caught the light yeah <laughs> um still yet to see him but uh mm-hmm. i will eventually you will be we, mine. we will get there um
0: but no so we, we we've we been playing a lot of Elden Ring, and um I guess, let me first give my background on Souls games. So, um, you know, over the past couple of years, I, I've been getting a lot more into games, a lot more into genres that I previously didn't. I, I wouldn't say there's any genre I don't like anymore. Uh, it really just comes down to if the game's interesting or not. And uh, my... Actu- actually, my, intro- my first ever Souls game that I played um, was Sekiro. And at first, I didn't like it. Alright, fair enough. But then... PS5 came out. Demon Souls came out. Love the crap out of Demon Souls. All right, Demon Souls was great. I didn't finish it, but it was great. All
1: right, I had. I play. I I played almost every single time I I'm I'm over at his house. Yes, I at have least, at least for thirty minutes.
0: Yeah, he he does. He really does. Every like sometimes when he comes over, he he like, "Yo, let me play Demon Souls just to suffer," and I'm like, "Fair enough." Um. But no, I I, I really do enjoy Demon's Souls, and um, because I enjoyed Demon's Souls so much, I decided I would go back to Sekiro, and uh, I actually love Sekiro the second time I tried it out. Um, Bloodborne, I also tried that. Love it, it's great. And then, I haven't actually played (laughs) any of the Dark Souls... Actually, that's a fake news. I have tried Dark Souls 3, but I haven't played a lot lot of it. I still want to go do that. Um, But... um, Elden Ring came out, man, uh, I've been excited for it, and I I know that this is a hot take, I know I'm only 20 hours in, which to some pe- 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 people, that's like a lot, but then to the Souls community, that's like not nothing, uh, <laughs> so I know it's a hot take, but I'm, I'm pretty confident that this is the most fun I've had with any of the Souls games. Also, it's the most addicted I've been to a Souls game. I don't think I've put in this many hours in such a time frame for any Souls game. than Elden Ring.
1: Um, I think I think you put it best um, when we were talking about it. Uh, this is a coming of age game. Yes. Um, this is everything that From Software has learned up until this point, um, and they put it inside of a video game. Uh, I think they did. I think they did a wonder whenever they brought on the both the creative like creative leads when it came to the world building. Mm-hmm. I think they did a fantastic job because it's just such an interesting world with interesting. It just it's it's almost how do I how do I put this? Like Bloodborne is where never is where they like strived with story. Like Sekiro yes. and all them are good, but Bloodborne yes. is like one of those ones you are like. There's so much lore and so much inside of this. I think that's really showing now that what they learned from Bloodborne. They put into this game what they've learned from Dark Souls and Sekiro and all that. They yeah. have learned and put it into this game to make it. I think honestly, if you are starting out as a Souls like uh, somebody who wants to get into Souls game, I would I would recommend this. This is such a yeah. And it's like and it's not like it's not like Dark Souls three. It's not like Dark Souls three when it comes to like difficulty um it is good it is it is a good beginning start um yeah and i just i don't know like you said it's just the most fun i think i've had in a souls game because it just it's so unique yes it really is and and
0: i think what makes this game truly so amazing is i again another hot take but this is one of the most amazing open worlds i think like not just of any souls game like just in general like the way they do open world it's gonna be hard to go back to other games that do open world because i mean i don't think i've seen an open world where they actually took so much time like the open world means like it means so much to the game Open world sometimes in a lot of games is just a thing because it's a hot genre right now, or because you're you're able to do more. But what they did with the open world in this game, like they straight up, like it, it. I would say it, it's like the core of this game. Like everything about the open world just pushes the game forward in so many ways. Uh, mm-hmm. You are- you could just run into a boss in the middle of the nowhere and and then you can be like you know what i'm not ready for you go run another direction find another boss be like you know what i'm not ready for this go run the other direction
1: find a dungeon get a bunch of loot level up then go back Ah, to the boss stop (laughs) sorry it was reminding me to take my my medicine okay anyhow continue i apologize i completely did not
0: (laughs) No, you're all good um so, yeah, I, I think
1: the open world is just absolutely incredible. Well, from what I remember, every, like, Sekiro and all them, they're very linear. They're not very linear, but they're linear-esque along with, like, different areas you can explore, but not, like, an open world. That's truly what this is, like. Yeah. You don't travel to a specific area. No. Nope. You, in fact, stumble upon things. You, I don't even think I've really scratched the surface. I, you know. Oh, yeah, no. We're we're nowhere, <laughs> to be yeah, honest <laughs> with you. So I'm, you know, I'm happy to say that this open world is so distracting. Yes. Because, <laughs> um, you know, the main story is, you know, probably, it's probably, you know, fantastic. And it already is. It's already it's already good from from the uh, small amount that I've seen. Yeah. But
0: I love the um, whole like lands between thing. That that that's so cool. I don't mm-hmm. know. That, that's
1: awesome. Um, but the open world is is such a fascinating area already, to the point where I we've lost hours in just exploring. Facts. Um, and, like originally I thought the map was small. It is not small. Oh
0: no. It's, it's.
1: I've actually seen the actual full map
0: size. Yeah, we I don't, don't even think got a little bit of it. I yeah, we have a fraction. <laughs> it's it's amazing, man. And uh, but one thing that I'll end our Elden Ring talk on is, you know, this game is special when, uh, we were all in the same room playing it at the same time that, that this past weekend, and we got hyped when we beat a boss like we we got more
1: pumped than when they like announced a major game like we yeah it was it was the first greater enemy that you fight in the game uh it, it has a cutscene and everything uh we we all were fighting it at the same time i uh, oh. you fought it at level 28 yup um i fought it at level 15. <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> you, really change. you got that but no, I yeah, I beat it. I was the first one to beat it and God, that was the most high it's like I said, man, there's something about these kind of games and from software that make it so rewarding to do stuff like yeah. that because you're like, Oh yeah, I killed the boss. like let's let's take I know it's not really the same per se, but like let's take a Spider Man game. Like you you beat like Doctor Octopus, and like, oh yeah, narratively that's yeah, fantastic. But, you know, th- what those kind of games lack is this time and dedication that it needs to find out the right strat to beat the boss. Yeah. Like, God, it was just so fun. I mean, especially whenever you, whenever you beat him. We all oh, were, like, jumping out of our seat. I know. Seat it we was like, great. Oh, <laughs> it was so
0: awesome, man. Uh, but, no, uh, I can't wait to con- con- continue playing. Uh, I wish, hopefully can be doing it uh, tomorrow. Is what I'm hoping. But we're going to move on to the next uh, topic because we did just spend, in fact, like 10 minutes on Elder Ring. But, hey, it deserves it. Um, So, the next topic we're going to be talking about is a recently announced game. And if you've been keep, like keeping track at all, you probably know what game we're talking about. And that is the next generation of Pokemon. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet has officially been announced. Developed by Game Freak coming this year, November. alright. I'm gonna give my thoughts first. I have not heard your thoughts like at all. Like I I can't remember if you said anything whenever they announced it, but I say, I'm looking forward to it. I seeing.
1: was the one I was awake and I told you that the Nintendo Direct was going on yeah, already. I literally woke up to Christian Direct. saying,
0: Yo, it's going live in ten seconds. I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, but so Here's my personal opinion of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. (sighs) I personally think it looks amazing, if I'm being honest. So, there are a lot of things to do this. So, I've been watching some videos. I've also been doing a little research. And I have a lot of information on the game that I'm not sure if you even know, which you might want to know. And, um... That being, this is an open world game. You can kind of tell that by
1: the um, trailer, right? Mm-hmm. The trailer, the trailer is very, hey, this is like Legends Arceus.
0: Yes. However, we've gotten more information that it's even more open world than Arceus, because Arceus has its boundaries and it, it it is kind of restricted in certain like aspects right but like this one the entire map is is yours the entire region there there is no like traveling to like uh area a to area b like you just go it is a complete Mm -hmm. open world game and they're bringing back gym battles which are great because i did miss gym battles um it's, they're they're bringing back uh more like, I don't, I don't even not explain, but it is like Arceus, but it's going to be more like a, like a, you know, like a normal type of Pokemon game built in an open world. So this is, to me, this is the game everyone's been asking for, like an actual open world Pokemon game. Yes, Arceus is an open world Pokemon game, but it's a spin-off and it's nothing like, like normal po- Pokemon games. It
1: was a, it was a proof of concept, in all honesty. It was. I think, I think that truly was a proof of concept. It was like, hey, we we can do this. Like, if you want this, we can do this. This is yes. not a. Uh, it's like we understand now that hey, the old Pokemon formula isn't really working because hey, times have to change. Even though Nintendo is a very, you know. We, we like to keep our roots. There are some things mm-hmm. that just have to change. And I think Nintendo is finally like, hey, we've been we've been pretty much profiting off of this same formula for about, you know, twenty six years. Yeah. So we need to I think we need to come to a bit of a, a bit of an agreement here, you know, that we need to change it. And yeah. so that's what this is, that's what this is they're like they're finally showing you, hey, this is what all this waiting's been for. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah, and yeah. I think uh, I think it's worth mentioning that if you look back at what Pokémon's been doing within the past year or two, it almost seems like they've found a new system that is working. So, Sword and Shield released, I think everybody can agree, it was it, it is very weak. Very weak pretty bad my
1: least, my least favorite pokemon game it's
0: fine. yeah uh and no one really liked it right i don't think we got a pokemon game the year after i don't think i don't think we got one for 2020
1: uh no we did not because we were getting the dlc and stuff correct yep you're right right and
0: then fast forward to 2021 they announce a game that people have been asking for for ages and they're they're actually bringing something back for once, and that was New Pokémon Snap. Now I know New Pokémon Snap isn't for for everybody, but it it was a highly requested like spinoff to re- return, and they did it, and it 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 did really well. Like it did very very well to the point where they had a massive content update a few months afterwards right then you get pokemon unite now yes again i understand mobas aren't for everybody but you have to respect them because even today they are still massively updating that game and massively adding content like during the pokemon presents we got two new 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 characters hoopa and the one polar thing don't know the name uh
1: actually it's uh steel
0: Oh it's steel really. Oh okay. Well, yeah, it's
1: from it is from uh it's a dragon type steel pokemon. It's the one of the last pokemon you fight in the gym battles uh, in the Galar region. Oh. It it like I think it gigamaxes up to like a giant skyscraper. I see. I didn't know that. Well, uh
0: but yeah, anyway, so Pokemon Unite is still doing great. Um then you get something else. People have been asking for ages. Brilliant Diamond, and Shining Pearl. And yes, I know p- there were a lot of issues with the visual art style, but you have to see that it wasn't made directly by Game Freak. It's, it's, it's because there was another game coming out two months later that they were really focusing on and that they really wanted and that you could tell they put a lot of passion and heart into Pokemon Legends Arceus, which... I mean, if if you've been living under a rock, the game has been very, very successful. And now to the point where we have just been announced, Generation 9, another open-world Pokemon game, basically a dream come true. And I don't know, to me, it just seems like Pokemon's like, I wouldn't say in their prime because they were in their prime a long time ago, but they've almost found like a second life.
1: Because, like, say, after really- Sword and
0: Shield, like, I can't think of one thing where Pokemon-related that's just been utter, like, bad. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, Sword and Shield, I don't know, man. It was just... I feel like that was such a low point for Pokemon. It like, was. I... It was... It made... I think it made everybody realize that if they were going to continue to make games like this, it cannot be this linear story anymore. Because mm-hmm. you cannot do anything with a linear story like that. Like, with the... With the simple, oh, you know, uh, like, the pixel style and all that. And, like, uh, Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, I think, is the last game I feel like did it well. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That, like, with this art style and the way they were progressing, you can't do the way... You can't do linear games. Yeah. I'm so glad they, after Sword and Shield and the honestly the personal letdown it was um i'm glad that we've come to the conclusion now that hey you know we are changing it up we are doing something better and i'm so mm-hmm. glad i'm so glad now there we've got snap we've got brilliant diamond Brilliant diamond and shining pearl or we have. uh i said that i said that right um We've got Legends Arceus. We've got, you know, Unite. We've got, heck, Go's even still, like, alive, actually. True. You have all these things now that are, like, Pokemon-related that people are going crazy for.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And is is it just me, or if, if Scarlet and Violet is good, I have completely restored faith in Pokemon, because like, right now my confidence in Pokemon is very high just due to them like making consistent bangers throughout the last like year and a half right mm-hmm. and not then we get this announcement which to me everything just looks awesome including the starters which we're about to talk about um, and it's just it's just a great feeling that I just feel like Pokemon found their way again and like it's actually something I can look forward to now because after Sword and Shield, I was like, "Like, is Pokemon ever gonna get back to the like golden days that it was? Like, Platinum, like Platinum, Pearl, X and Y, Black and White. Like, those were to me, those were like the gold golden days. Like, everything was just so exciting and fun." Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm I'm super hyped for this. Speaking of the starters, though, um, I do have their names. I have their uh, typings. And, uh, I love every single one of them. I, I do, I don't know, man, I, 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 that's just it, I love all three of them. So we have Quaxley, which I can't show you pictures because it's a podcast, but, uh, is basically Donald Duck Jr., um, and when fully evolved, Quaxley will be a water fighting type, so... Do you know what I personally see him evolve evolving into? You're 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 gonna laugh at this. Um, do you know the Cinderace outfit in Pokemon U- Unite where it's like a pirate? A
1: pirate. I think it's yeah. gonna look like that. <laughs> Interesting. It would. Be I feel cool. like I feel like with the hat and everything, that's kind of kind of. Um... I feel like the way he's designed, I could see it. I could yeah. definitely. I don't. I don't think that's dumb. I definitely. I definitely do see. Yeah, it.
0: for sure. And then, um, you have fuecoco which is the uh, fire one, which I actually learned is an apple, which is very interesting. Um, I
1: thought it was. I thought it was. After looking at that, I thought it was it, definitely. It makes an me apple. like I, his
0: design more. To be honest,
1: <laughs> I'm. I'm hoping I'm hoping it doesn't get into something stupid, but I'm I I love for alligator. I always thought his design was really cool, and if we get a fire version of that, oh, I'm dude. I'm gonna I'm I know gonna...
0: personally. I I will say I think the weakest design is Fuecoco. Um, however, I think Fuecoco is the one I'm actually gonna choose purely based on I'm a dinosaur nut. And the fact that he could be turning into this giant crocodile-looking thing. Oh, heck yeah. Like, and it's an apple, which for some reason, I, I you know, I've ground to think about this. I think I, like, I like apple Pokemon. <laughs> Applin, the, the Pokemon Applin has been, like, one of my favorites ever since I first found out about it, which is, like, the weirdest thing. But, uh so, I don't know. I, I like the fact that he's a fire apple crocodile. That just, what? <laughs> and then we got um, yeah and then we got oh and b- by the way foikoko uh final evolution will be fire and ghost type which is very interesting, interesting. yes um so it's very like applin actually because doesn't uh appleton and flapple aren't I they also so. ghost no they're a uh, dragon they're dragon, type, uh, dragon type, yeah. Okay, yeah. um and then the grass type we got uh i don't know how to even pronounce his name sprigatito sprigatito it's so if you if you've already not noticed this region is based of spain all right it's spain it's Mm -hmm. been confirmed that the region is based on spain and so sprigat sprigatito i don't even know how to pronounce it but basically it's this green cat all right that's that's basically what what i could give you and here's what i'll say I think this one is my least favorite at the moment. Just because it feels so unoriginal. Like, I feel like it's just Litten as a grass type. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But here's here's my personal one. Make the final evolution four legs. Don't humanize it. Please, do not humanize
1: it. <laughs> I completely agree. That was my whole... Yeah. That was my whole gripe with both Tepig and Lytton is I love Tepig. I love Lytton. Litten had me better because Torcat was on mm-hmm. uh, all fours and mm-hmm. then in Stinner And then you have like Tepig with the, you know, like going from Tepig to Pig Knight to Embor. Yeah. That was such a stupid transition. I just hope I want... If I can get a saber tooth cat. Oh, dude. Like, dude. Mm. I'm, a, I'm a bust. I'm, I'm saying, a, I'm a, I'm like,
0: this is what I'm saying. I think the green, I think the grass type has the biggest potential as long as they keep it on all four legs. I think the water is the majority favorite just because it's cute and I feel like it's a safe bet with its evolutions. I mean, and then.
1: water is just a good design, too.
0: Yeah, it is. I I, I personally, like, this is one of the strongest starters I've seen since, in my opinion, Gen 6.
1: Mm -hmm. I think Gen
0: 7 and Gen 8 were somewhat... I actually do somewhat enjoy the Sword and Shield starters just because hashtag GrookeyGang. Oh, my God. Yeah, but... Yeah, man, I... Dude, everything I've seen on Scarlet and uh violet has like just gotten me so hype like it's actually one of my most hyped games now of the year which brings me to our next topic what is going on with nintendo's 2022 lineup (laughs) (laughs) um look i know again look this podcast has been full of hot takes all right here's another hot take Actually, I feel like this one's common sense. I think this is Nintendo's best lineup of all time for a year. Okay, we're going to get into what the lineup looks like here. But I have an even hotter take. If at if 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 at E3 they announce two more big games coming out this year, I think it's the best lineup of all time from any company. I know it's a huge take, right? But let's take a look at what they have announced for this year so far Pokemon legends Arceus released last month Zelda breath of the wild 2 Pokemon Scarlet Violet triangle strategy Square Enix JRPG live alive which is a huge JRPG coming to switch Mario Strikers Battle League Fire Emblem three uh, three hopes Warriors Xenoblade 3 Splatoon 3 Kirby in the Forgotten Land, Nintendo Switch Sports, Bayonetta 3. Just that already I think is Nintendo's best lineup of all time, like Nintendo's best lineup of all time, right? And if at E3 we get I would say two more game like big announcements. Like whether you like some of those games or not, you can't deny like this is one of the most stacked lineups I've ever seen. The oh, fact see, that so many of those are first-party games. Mm-hmm. Like, not even PlayStation has had anywhere close to that many first-party games release a year. It's it's ridiculous. And the thing is, uh, the, the studio behind Metroid Prime 4 just changed their banner. I know it's just a banner, but still, it's weird, right? If they announce Metroid Prime 4 is coming out this year, holy crap, best lineup of all time. <laughs> that, that is gonna be insane and then there's a rumored donkey kong game or a rumored pikmin game like oh nintendo Yo, is going a crazy
1: game, that'd be crazy man
0: it would it, it's rumored to be a 3d platformer like odyssey
1: Dang,
0: it's gonna be awesome man i i'm telling you nintendo's on another level this year my only worry is that next year they're not gonna have anything <laughs>
1: Yeah, you uh, don't know, man. You never know.
0: Oh, it's true, man. Um, they
1: could blow up the internet with doing an entire remake or remaster of like a bunch of the bunch of their prior games. Yeah, they they could they they have the power to break us if they wanted to. They just <laughs> yeah. choose not to. Like, dude, imagine they they re- release a freaking Legend of Zelda. Like, let's let's say they do. Let's say they do like the thing with the Master Chief Collection, like Xbox doing, and how they did with the Mario Collection they have the freaking legend of zelda they have oh, yeah. donkey kong they have yeah. kirby they have i uh, have a bunch of other a bunch of other games like they could break the internet if they wanted to
0: yeah uh this is what I'll say i know i know i know austin's in the audience right now but um it is a great time to be a nin-
1: nintendo fan like it's like maybe not a sega fan uh, n- <laughs> Okay, buddy. <laughs> oh my god, you didn't have to. Oh, he left. Oh my god. Now oh <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, it is a fantastic time to be a Nintendo fan. <sighs> it's it's great. Uh,
0: moving on. We're at the thirty minute. We're actually over thirty minutes. You know, what, at this point, just screw it. All right, I'm enjoying mm-hmm. the conversations. Let's just let's just go. Uh, mm-hmm. this will be one of the lo- longer ones, so uh, I apologize, but. It is what it is. Um, anyway, it is it is. moving on to the next topic we are officially done talking about, and it's actually fake news. Uh, let's go on to another announced game. I know there will be a very select few people listening to this that will actually be excited for this. I know one in particular. Uh, Pac-Man Museum Plus has been announced for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, Xbox Series X, and PS5. Uh, launching May twenty seventh, fourteen different Pac Man games. Fourteen different Pac Man games, online, customizable virtual arcades, and one of the and one of the games is Pac Man ninety nine.
1: Look, interesting. So wait, you said it's online.
0: It is. There's an online. Like they're adding online to all these games.
1: So. I wonder. I wonder if they're gonna do. Uh, I don't know if you ever played the that one arcade game that like that one Pac-Man arcade game. And like, uh, I know there's one in our local mall. Dave and Buster's. Uh, there's one of the Dave and Buster's, and there's one yeah, at the uh, local mall. I
0: know what you're talking about.
1: Um, it's the four-player one.
0: Yeah, the uh, battle roy- like the um mm-hmm. the free free-for-all thing. Yep. Yeah, that. I wonder. Oh, I that wonder that if that's. Be...
1: I wonder if it's gonna be like
0: that. Yo, that'd be kind of cool. Um, but here's what's even better, is if you have Xbox, come into Game Pass on day one.
1: It's coming to Game Pass?
0: Yes, day one. Jesus Christ. Like, I'm not even gonna lie, like, this is something I'm actually gonna download and play. Just because, I don't know, it's just, I just feel like it'd be like a nice little, you know, five hours of my life just having yeah, some fun I mean, on hey, Pac-Man.
1: Yeah, I saying, yeah, about to say, yeah, it's just Pac-Man. Man. Yeah, you,
0: you never know, you might, might get addicted to pac-man 9, 9, 9, 99 or something i don't know mm-hmm. um it's always worth, worth try, especially if you have game pass because at no extra cost so
1: not say yeah if you have game pass go ahead and download it and try it
0: out yeah but absolutely cool like cool little announcement like these these are announcements that get so overlooked because everyone just wants the big triple a's but it's it's some of these little games that just add a lot throughout the year because it's just it's just a good time sometimes it's just some nice little games Mm-hmm. um every game doesn't have to be a royal masterpiece god tier, triple a highest budget
1: uh million dollar projects
0: no it could just be some pac-man game bro you
1: no know? dude uh, whenever uh freaking uh decay man you know that's yeah. not a A top tier budget game and it's no, still super fun It uh, is that um totally reliable uh delivery service that's super fun <laughs> oh, not a top tier game yeah, dude. dude some of like win, some of the most flat. fun games are smaller yeah, that's Human just fall fact. flat is fantastic. Oh, I love uh, fall flat. It's so good, dude. There's so there's so many of those games that you know. I feel like I have a lot more trust in indie games because indie games are made by the people who want to make it. Uh, <laughs> who 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 know it? Yeah. And Pac-Man's not an indie game by any means, though. No. Pac-Man's Pac-Man's a giant. You know. Yes. Yeah. You know, he'd be. You know. That whole he'd be a part of my whole like Atari is one of the best uh, best games to use of all time. He'd be part of that spiel at some point. Yeah, you know he's Pac-Man is most arguably one of the most well-known media characters in all, and his oh, games yeah. are just a cla- timeless classic. I'm glad it's introducing it not only to like reintroducing the people who played Pac-Man back when they were younger on the arcade machines, but it's yeah. introducing it to a newer generation of gamers of people who play stuff like this it's nice it's it's nice to respect the yeah. classics man i've
0: seen a lot of pe- people say that that uh out of the 14 games they hope but it's very unlikely uh, i don't know if you m- remember pac-man world the like 3d like pac-man games i don't know if you remember, remember though it's kind of like crash bandicoot but with pac-man
1: hmm. right i can't say i cannot say that i do Oh dude,
0: I remember playing that on the PSP to be exact. Like, if that if those are actually in there, like it, it could be a game that I actually put put some hours into because <laughs> Pac-Man so, World is is fun.
1: So I I have such a v- Austin I'm, I'm just g- posted a picture. Um, he's been so. he's been posting pictures. Since well, no, I think that um, I
0: think that is Pac-Man World though.
1: Uh, but. I'm going to have such an obscure memory and I'm sorry. I'm going to make the podcast a little longer. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know if you ever watched, did you ever watch Disney XD as a kid? Yes. They had this Pac-Man show. On oh there. my
0: God. I know what you're talking about. Yeah.
1: And like, oh. <laughs> I, for some reason, anytime I hear Pac-Man, I always think of that show. <laughs> I know exactly what you're I talking always, about. I always, I don't know. I always think of it and it's just, that's great. It's so weird, um, and it's such a weird memory. But I, you know, that's yeah, that one, that one, yes, Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures, you know, they're very. Oh. It, I oh. don't know why they thought about releasing that at the time so, they did. but a red I mean, M&M, I, M&M
0: next to him? What's going on here?
1: I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But don't ask me. I All don't right, know but anyway,
0: I mean. cool little announcement, Pac-Man Museum Plus. If if you're into it, you're into it. If you're not, um. I'm sorry to hear that, but <laughs> moving on to the next, moving on to the next topic, uh, we're gonna lean into PlayStation now. Um, oh, yeah. Ooh, this is gonna be okay. So at this point, just we're gonna take our time with this podcast. It's not gonna be short in any means. Uh, we still have quite oh, a few geez. topics. Oh no, it's not your fault. It's uh, honestly just the fact that um, we like having conversations. Uh, mm-hmm. People just have to deal with it. We do apologize. Anyway, so. <laughs> that was a little aggressive all right um oh, very aggressive. so march march is literally at the time of recording this tomorrow uh an hour away um and there is a highly rumored playstation event for march very very exciting um and there there are so many things uh to do with this there, there, there's so many thoughts it's hard to even like know what to start with so in terms of PlayStation for March we know we're getting Gran Turismo 7 actually in like four four days and then we are getting Ghostwire Tokyo at the end of March um I can't off the top of my head remember any other games for PlayStation like ex- exclusively that are coming out in March I think that's about it and then april you don't really have anything and then in may you have first spoken which is a timed exclusive after that we have no idea what the rest of the year looks like for playstation obviously we know god of war ragnarok's coming but we don't we haven't officially gotten the confirmation it's 2022 yet like we know it's coming and we know it's somewhat soon but Will it actually be 2022? And here's the, the the thing. There are so many things that make this event so important and so likely, and that's because of the time it's happening. Like I just said, after Forspoken, we don't know, like, anything for PlayStation. Like, I can't tell you a single exclusive coming out after Forspoken, uh, except for God War Ragnarok, but we just talked about that. And... There's also another highly rumored thing from PlayStation that has been uh, leaked. It has been rumored. It's, like, I would say the most talked about PlayStation topic, like, in the last few months. And that is their Game Pass competitor. Um, I don't really like calling it Game Pass competitor. Uh, I mean, yes, it is, but it's it's just a PlayStation subscription service. I mean that's really what it is um and it's supposed to be the subscription service was leaked to be releasing this spring and if it's releasing this spring it needs to get announced very soon well march is tomorrow rumored playstation event uh schedules looking a little bit empty uh, this highly rumored subscription service is supposed to release here in the next next couple months um, everything is pointing towards this event being true and if this is true I want to talk about what could we see here I'm I mean obviously we know the subscription service which I'm actually very excited for because I've been wanting a like an actual good playstation subscription service for a while. PlayStation Now is trash, I'm sorry, uh, PlayStation Plus is good, but it's, I mean, it's, it's just like Xbox Live Gold, but I'd say a little better, um, but if, if this subscription service is good, I will be so happy, um, and then in terms of games, I think it, it's very likely we get, um, another God of War trailer and a release date, I think a release date trailer is due. And then I don't know what else they could show. That's that's the thing is, like, if this event is true, it's going to be one of the most, like, going in blind PlayStation events <laughs> I think we've ever had.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, could we see Spider-Man 3
1: releasing next year? Like, could we? I mean, we, we know it's slated over 2023.
0: I don't know. Um, It'd be kind of cool, man, if... There's oh, a lot wrong. to happen.
1: I'd love, I'd love to know, like, the release date. I think the release date would make, first off, make my life so much easier. But second Fact. off, uh, I feel like, I don't know. I I feel like Sony, I feel like PlayStation in general is going to be very... I think they're really good at keeping secrets in all honesty. I really do think they're really good. I think they're well, way better at it than, like, Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um. And there's like there's nothing like to back that up. I just feel like I hear a lot more Nintendo links than do anything. No, else. No, I agree. I agree. Um, and so PlayStation is really good at keeping all of this stuff under wraps. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm expecting that there's going to be a if they're if they're having it if they're have if it's rumored to happen and they're having it at such a sl- like a, such a late notice. I feel like either it's going to be a really short one with just a couple things, or it's going to you know blow our socks off because. I, Dude, I'm going to say right now, sorry, I just interrupted you, but like, every PlayStation
0: event I feel like ends up being like the greatest event of all time. Like, I remember the one in 2020 uh, where they announced the, the, the PS5, I, I remember thinking in the car, um, yo, that was the greatest single event I've ever seen in my life. And then next year came, uh, where they, <laughs> were they, uh... Showed God of War Ragnarok for the first time, Miles Morales' gameplay, uh, a bunch of other things like Final Fantasy 16, and being like, yo, that was the greatest event of all time. And then last year, with the Spider-Man 2, Wolverine, more God of War Ragnarok, and it's just like, yo, <laughs> that was the greatest event of all time. And now we're here, where it's like, we don't know what this event could be like. There there could be so many surprises.
1: And, um, I wouldn't go in any other way I would not go in any other no. way though. I feel like this I feel like this adds so much to the experiences like having this mm-hmm. almost this this uh this uh, how you say like this just complete and utter you know I guess ignorance to what could possibly be shown I just I I feel like that makes the event so much it makes it more enjoyable. Agreed. Um because I mean, hey, dude, whenever freaking Knights of the Old Republic, oh, whenever that, that, was that was that whenever Huge. the remake was announced, nobody even heard about it. Like nobody oh, knew. Was there was like I think there was maybe a couple like rumors online, but there was like nothing substantial and then we got that trailer. Like that's I mean, I, that's just it was crazy, and I think PlayStation. I think PlayStation has the ability to blow all our socks off if they get their butts out. Of, if they get their head out of their butts, man. Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. So excited. Um, so excited. I think. I think the biggest thing to go into the PlayStation event is. I think it's safe to say we're going to be getting updates on a lot of games that have already been announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's like a safe bet if I had to say one. Um, In terms of, like, uh, newly announced, like, what they could announce, in terms of first party, the only thing I can think of that is somewhat, like, possible that isn't, like, a pipe dream is actually Ghost of Tsushima 2. (laughs) Because we know it's in development. They started development in 2020, right? right? And it's currently planned to be released in 2024. And if you think, they announced Spider-Man 2 last year for release of 2023. So it's right around the announce a game two years before it comes out PlayStation-style. They did it with God of War Ragnarok. They did it with Spider-Man 3. It is very possible that we get Ghost of Tsushima 2. And if that is true, I mean, I'm actually going to drop and cry. Um... (laughs) It'll be such a wholesome moment. I'm 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 just waiting for the day it, it gets announced. I'm actually going to like it's going to be the happiest moment of my life.
1: Gosh. Uh, no, no, the happiest moment of your life is when of Park 3 is not it. Oh, it? dude, I Lord. I actually
0: was about to cry. I really God, was. he
1: was yeah, I we were we were while watching that event. <laughs> John th- had not even woken up like 10 minutes, not even 10 minutes. Like <sighs> maybe 6 minutes prior. And he's, like, he went from, like, laying down, kind of watching it, to, like, standing up and, like, yelling in a matter of an instant. Dude, was It was was so fast.
0: Oh, dude. As soon as I saw it in, like, the open world and, like, the art style, I was, like, this looks so Poké Park. (laughs) I, like, started getting so teary-eyed. I was, like, no way. And then I saw Trainers, and I'm, like, dang it, but what? (laughs) um they get but ayo hey, <laughs> yeah but it still looks great um but no man playstation event man i'm, I'm excited uh I know, me too, definitely man. gonna hey, me have too. you over for sure if that happens
1: oh yeah hopefully i mean Absolutely. hey tell me when and i'll have off yes um Last
0: month, whenever February started, that uh, there was a day where I was like, "I feel like something, some kind of big news is gonna drop, dr- drop today." And then later that day, they announced the uh, Nintendo Direct. I wonder if I could do, do, do that again this, uh, this month. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but It'll anyway,
1: I like, wonder. <laughs>
0: yeah, but anyway, that's enough PlayStation talk. Um, yeah, I know. I'm, 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 I'm very excited um, for that. PlayStation events are just always goaded, to- but. Moving on to our next topic, we're moving into Xbox, and I'll tell you right now, uh, these last three topics are all Xbox-related. So, the first topic being that Call of Duty 2023 is being reportedly delayed, well, actually it's not even reportedly, like, it's confirmed, Call of Duty 2023 has been delayed to 2024. Now... For some people, like hardcore COD fans that buy it every year um, and are competitive, they're going to be upset, and that's understandable. However, to me, this is huge news. This is huge news. And I'll tell you why. This year, we're getting Modern Warfare 2. Meh. Yeah, I'm not not too excited. Uh, (laughs) It's Modern Warfare. Yeah. And... um, we're also getting we're also getting Warzone two <laughs> this year. Uh, again, not that interested. However, next year's Call of Duty was uh, the the primary developer was Treyarch. If I had to pick a favorite Call of Duty developer, Treyarch is Treyarch. absolutely number one. Right, and if if you've been living under a rock, um. Xbox acquired Activision Blizzard in January. That's still crazy to say.
1: I know. It's such a weird thing to hear. (laughs) Oh,
0: it's crazy. Uh, Xbox acquired Activision Blizzard, uh, which means Call of Duty is now owned by Xbox or will be in a couple, like in a few months or whatnot. And um, well, we're now getting reports that next year's Call of Duty has been delayed by a year. And if I remember correctly, one of the biggest topics when this Activision or Activision Blizzard acquisition happened was can we get a year break from Call of Duty so they can actually spend time and effort in making a new Call of Duty? And we're already seeing it before the acquisition even happened, like officially is over. So to me, this is a step in the right direction. Completely, because I'm one of those people. I think COD has slowly been getting worse and worse and worse.
1: Yeah, um, it, ha- it hasn't been good since Black Ops Three. Even yeah, mm, I would say World World War Two for me was the last good good. Yeah,
0: race. you you like campaign though? World War Two. I love World War Two. I will say the zombies was bad, but World War Two I did like. Um, but no, it's it's a thing also because. Next year's Call of Duty was being like um, primarily by Treyarch, right? And in my opinion, Treyarch knows how to make a good Call of Duty game because they made Black Ops 2. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Greatest Call of Duty Facts. game of all time. Facts. Facts. And so you're telling me you're going to be giving me, you're, you're, you're going to be giving Treyarch the proper amount of time, the proper amount of budget. Now, because they're owned by Microsoft, they're even going to be higher budget, right? Uh, and it's made primarily by Treyarch. This could actually be a huge Call of Duty game. Like, like that could actually be a Call of Duty game I get hyped for. It, again, it depends what it ends up lo- looking like and end up being. But here's what we know. It's going to be going sh- day one to Game Pass. So no more spending $70 every year, right? It's going go. to be giving getting the proper amount of time, and proper proper budget, like we just said. So I, I'm not going to say expect a high-quality game. You, you never know until the game actually comes out. But I have more confidence in that than I do, say, if it didn't get delayed. Right? And um, there was something else I wanted to say. I forgot what I was going to say about it. um. But it's it's a thing of, I think. Oh, yeah, I remember what it is. Now, because they have delayed the game and it's m- being made by primarily Treyarch, I know I've said that like 10,000 times. I'm sorry. Um, this gives an opportunity for all these other studios that have been forced to help develop Call of Duty. Toys for Bob, Sledgehammer Games, Raven Softworks, all these studios that have made such good games in the past, but have just slowly been gone down the funnel of being forced to help develop Call of Duty games just so they can get a yearly release year after year after year. Now, these games have a chance of making their own game because Treyarch is giving proper time to make their own Call of Duty game. Now, yes, they're they're probably going to slap one or two support studios, but my hope is that they actually slap support studios. I don't want them to slap Sledgehammer, Raven, or Toys for Bob because those are studios that make high-quality games, right? But if you slap support studios that don't necessarily make their own games but have a big team, boom, this could be huge. Because that means we could be getting another Crash. We could be getting another Spyro. We could be getting another prototype. We could be getting so much stuff. You guys, PlayStation 3 days and Xbox 360 days were the golden days of Activision. They had so many things. Ultimate Alliance. They had um, tons of X-Men games. Spider-Man, Web of Shadows, and uh, Dimensions Collide. I think that's what... Wait, what was it? Uh... Poke- or not Spider-Man no. uh, Spiderman Shattered Dimensions, Shattered Dimensions. That's right, Shattered. Um, oh, Shattered Dimension. Yeah, um, like Activision was the stuff back then. Again, like pr- prototype, all that. And if they can go back to G- Guitar Hero, is a good, a good um, example. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're already starting to see positives with this Activision Blizzard thing. Uh, which is crazy cuz the acquisition ha- or the acquisition hasn't even like officially been finalized. So, it's to me just knowing Microsoft's track record and Xbox's track record, I only see it going up from here and this is a great start. Mm. I mean, yeah, w- no, I what are your agree. your thoughts on the whole Call of Duty being delayed?
1: I don't Feel like we've got a good Call of Duty game in a long time. I obviously I bought Vanguard for personal reasons, but, <laughs> um, or Bailey, mm. but um, I feel like it's been a long time coming that we finally get a break from from uh from the yearly Call of Duty because, mm-hmm. as we've seen from like. Uh, Ubisoft. Ubisoft is a really good example of that what a one-year break will do, because mm. a one-year break from Assassin's Creed, one of you know, one of the most well-known video game franchises of yep. uh, the modern age, um, they went from Syndicate, which was a, a poor, poor game, oh. just a poor game in general. I hate Syndicate. To Origins, which was a stepping stone for what Odyssey and Valhalla are. Um, some of the best, like I think those RPG, two, actually, some of the best like RPG games. Wait, right?
0: did Origins come out?
1: Origins came out before Odyssey. Well, no,
0: no, no. So th- there was a year gap in between Syndicate and Origins.
1: Yeah. So you, yeah. Wait, um. Oh. It was. It was actually. Uh, I think a either a year or two gap, but there was a. Mm-hmm. As has been it was always a yearly thing. Mm-hmm. Um. Up until Syndicate's release and the yeah. proper and the prior, you know. The. The you know disappointment that led after that, um Oof. they took a break for a year, and then released Origins. I so. see. But yeah, so like, if if this is truly what it is, I'm not going to complain because mm. I'm. I would like to be able to sit down and play a good game of Call of Duty with the boys again. I would kill for it. I would. I oh, would, dude! I know. I feel that. Oh, I remember the good you know, old there's days. There's never. There's never. There just hasn't been any. There just hasn't been any Call of Duty game that hits like that anymore. Oh
0: uh, nope, not nope. one man. It's uh, dude. Xbox. I I have such such high hopes for you guys. Man, I really do. Phil, do it, Phil. I believe in you, man. Back in 1985, <laughs> COD used to oh, hit.
1: God.
0: <laughs> uh but anyway moving on to our next topic which is also xbox related. we are two topics away from being finished guys so i know i know it's a long one but it is what it is um oh this one excited i know we are for sure going to be ta- talking about this one for a little bit um this just came up one day all of a sudden mm-hmm. and oh, 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 oh my oh my this is this is literally a dream come true for so many people it it was a joke at first, and now it might actually be reality, and that is that Microsoft is reportedly discussing a Fallout New Vegas sequel.
1: Oh, now for you, for you, uh, one in a hundred listeners that don't know <laughs> what Fallout New Vegas is. Fallout <laughs> New Vegas was a outsourced, uh, an announced outs- it was. Uh, it's obviously Fallout's owned by Bethesda, um, and it was outsourced oh, to a company, uh, some of you may know as Obsidian <laughs> Entertainment, um, to create a game. Oh, uh, yeah. So they used Fallout 3's engine to make a vastly superior Fallout game. Hmm. Um, so that's where Fallout New Vegas came in. Um, a, probably one of the best DLCs in any Bethesda game, uh, Lonesome Road you know all of those Fallout New Vegas is was just such a was such a hit when it first came out and it's just been a hit ever since there's mm-hmm. you can go you can go to like the modding pages and stuff and there's still mods being uploaded today there's still so much you know everybody loves New Vegas and everybody I think everybody I think I think everybody I know who's played a Fallout game has been begging for, a, for Fallout New Vegas 2. Like, oh a yeah, it's or something, been like it's been like done by Obsidian again.
0: It's been like one of the biggest, like in terms of franchise, like speakings. Like, it's been one of the biggest, like most requested, like games to ever return out of like any
1: franchise. Like, it's like Gen Four remakes. It is. It is, it is. it is. It like It is Gen Four remakes of the Bethesda. Except Bethesda
0: the the difference between this one is. Fallout New Vegas 2 was so unlikely like incredibly unlikely gen 4 remake like we knew we, we were gonna get it eventually because that's just the Pokemon formula right mm-hmm. but like New Vegas like it could have very well like we could have very well never gotten never get a Fallout New Vegas sequel it's very likely however <sighs> Xbox acquired Obsidian back in uh, 2018 or
1: 2019, one of those two. It was before before Grand came out.
0: Yes. And then in 2020, they acquired Bethesda, who owns the Fallout IP. And guess who made Fallout New Vegas? Obsidian. So they now own both of the companies that has something to do with Fallout New
1: Vegas they it's xbox really how you're making my dreams come true man it
0: they really like this is a definition of a pipe dream like given to the people like yes because it was literally a joke whenever it first happened like whenever they acquired bethesda like yo they own obsidian and bethesda fall new vegas 2 question mark obviously like people know it, it was still very unlikely Right, But it was kind of like a joke. Cause like, yo, they own both now, so they could make it. Um, and now here we are, randomly one day, they are in talks of making an actual sequel. <laughs> and holy crap. It's like, uh, man, it's... Oh. So personally, I can't say New Vegas is my fa- favorite just because um, I got introduced to the Fallout series through Fallout 4, so I kind of just have like a soft spot for Fallout 4. Um, but I do think New Vegas is the best. If I had to say a best one, I think New Vegas is the best. But my, I'm a little biased so towards for. Four. Uh, we don't talk about Seventy Sucks, but anyway, <laughs> you know I had to say it. Um, so that is already great news for. Big Fallout fans, right? I mean, I think we 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 can all agree. I think if this actually ends up happening, it could be one of the biggest game releases of that year. Actually, no, it will be one of the biggest game releases of that that year.
1: Um, I'd say there's no ifs there. There's, yeah, this is, if it, it if, will. It will. It will in fact be the biggest like, like game of that year. I
0: would say it it would be like on par with like Starfield.
1: But I yeah, would say
0: like, it, there, there's, there, there would be even more hype because it's a sequel to an already well-known game. Yeah. The thing with Starfield is it's a new IP, so there's so much hype, but there's also a lot of skepticism with it, yeah. right? But with a sequel to a massively beloved game, that is
1: going to be insane hype levels, absolutely mm-hmm. insane. So are we finally going to get Scrolls six after that releases? Oh,
0: and here's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. So I think this makes perfect sense for the Fallout franchise. And I will tell you why here in a second. So the next piece of topic that we are going to talk about also has to do with Fallout. And that is a while ago there was a rumor that Microsoft would be doing remastered collections for a bunch of their major franchises. Uh, in, in other words, they'd be doing the Master Chief Collection treatment to other franchises and the main one that was rumored was gears of war which please let that be true i love gear gears of war um i want to see them return better than ever and and then now there's a big rumor that fallout will be getting that treatment now i don't know about you but the idea of getting all the old fallouts remastered for series x sounds awesome that sounds awesome to me you're
1: acting like the thought doesn't just make me like shiver like (laughs) exactly i i can sit here and tell you that i've spent over a 100 hours in each fallout game that's not even including new vegas new vegas like both fallout fallout uh fallout 3 fallout 4 and i've spent a lot of time in fallout 76 in all honesty um i you know I love those games. If we get a remaster of Fallout Three and Fallout New Vegas, I, I it's gonna be over for every other game oh, on my console. Oh man, there's it's, not gonna be it's, it's GG. I'm I'm gonna <laughs> Goodbye, delete Christian. everything and just and just play Fallout for like the next three months.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> the greatest
1: single sentence I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> it's great, man. And game over. You know,
0: I I think this just goes to show you that. I know we say so many times and it, I mean, it's so hard to talk bad about Xbox. I'm sorry. It is. Like if 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 you just watched all our videos, you you would definitely think we are completely biased towards Xbox, which granted, yes, they are my, my favorite. But like we don't
1: do it I'm saying, on purpose I own every I own every console. Like I'm not, I'm not a fanboy. I'm. Yeah. Not, I love PlayStation. I love Nintendo. I, I say, love Xbox, like, and I love my computer.
0: Like if I had to choose one, it's ex- like it's Xbox. But in my heart, I love all of them equally, right? But in my mind, I, I like Xbox more. But it's it's the whole thing of. If, if if something bad happens, we are going to talk about it, and we are going to call it, call them out. We've done it with Nintendo. We've done it with PlayStation. We've done it with even some PC things. And, oh, you know, yeah. we have even done it for Xbox. I can name a couple of times where we have called Xbox out. But the thing is, Xbox then fixes it. Like, the whole Xbox Live doubling the price thing, and then in less than 24 hours, reversing that decision, and then making free-to-play games not need Xbox Live. Like... They they literally turn their like one negative in a while into a positive, positive. and it just it just goes to show you like it's it's crazy what Xbox is doing, man. They are in such a strong position right now that it they the future is brighter than ever. And this is what I wanted to lean into is you just said Elder Scrolls Six, and this was a big talking point uh, for Bethesda is that. Starfield is releasing this year. Once Starfield is finished, they are going to focus solely on Elder Scrolls Six, right? And who knows when that's going to come out? I- I- I'm predicting like 2024, 2025. That's my guess, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that means we're not getting the next mainline Fallout for a long time. For a long time. And so that brings a lot of worry. That Fallout might die. Or Fallout. Like we may never actually get the next Fallout. And then. That day happened. Fallout New Vegas 2 is being discussed. Fallout Remastered Collection. If both of those things end up being true. That completely fills the gap. Think about it. Release the uh, collection. Let's say. In 2023, right? Release new New Vegas two in 2025, and then you get maybe Fallout five in 2028 or something. I, I'm just thinking ahead, but like this is a very possible outcome now, due to just what Xbox has been doing. So it, it's crazy how quickly Xbox turned a series which last which its last game was Fallout seventy sucks into now a pretty great roadmap ahead for fallout fans uh if it ends up being true so big big props fallout fans are eating good <laughs> last week eating for sure
1: good. Eating good
0: and that leads us to the last topic which this is something i've been wanting to talk about for ages and i'm so glad you're here christian uh me too this has been a huge thing and um uh, it, it's it's so weird how big this to- – like, I could, like, go on YouTube and just find someone on my homepage that did a video on this. It's, like, such a big topic for some reason, and it's not even, like, a big game game announcement or anything. It's just – like, it is what it is, and that is that people want an Xbox Direct. Now, here's what I'll say. For people who don't know what what I'm talking about, Nintendo does these gaming events called Nintendo Directs, where they announce multiple multiple games, a bunch of their big upcoming titles, all that updates on current games. Right? It, it it's it's their yearly events, um, quarterly I would even say. Um, and the thing is, everybody loves Directs. I like I'm saying it now. Yes. I think PlayStation events do end up being the most hype and are the best events in general. But like in terms of like th- how organized and how professional and how like every time it's just always great. Like Nintendo's just the way it directs are they're just so like they're just so good. They they really are. It's it's hard to not like a Nintendo direct just because of its vibe, right? And it's not only that, but it's Nintendo has found such a good system at having 3 directs a year to just keep their fans informed, keep keep the momentum going throughout the year, keep the hype train rolling, you know? And the issue is with PlayStation and Xbox is PlayStation and Xbox fans have to wait entire years to get a new event, right? The last Xbox event was E3. We haven't gotten one since. Haven't gotten gotten one since. And the, the the struggle is that yes, we know tons of Xbox games that are coming, but in terms of the actual schedule for this year and their lineup, it's a little foggy. Like it it really is. And the thing is, they just acquired a massive, massive company. In Activision Blizzard and King meaning they are not going to be able and this isn't even just a fan's perspective like me wanting them to do Xbox directs I think I think this is inevitable I think Xbox is gonna have to find a new system for events because they have way too many studios to fit everything into one event per per year I think it's impossible And one of the big issues with, you know, just the Xbox community is that momentum is very weird with Xbox because of that. Like, if we got directs every quarter, let's say, like, Xbox fans would just be, like, eating good at all times because we know what to expect in the coming months. We know not, not, like... We don't know what to expect for the upcoming year. We would know what to expect in the upcoming months. And that is what's more exciting to me than being like, oh, yeah, I'm getting th- th- this game in like four years. Fantastic. You know, it's, oh, yeah, I'm getting this game in a cu- couple of months. Let's go. You know, and that, like we just said, they have so many announced games. They have so many unannounced games. They just acquired massive companies. They're going to need a solution to this. And... I think an Xbox Direct type thing is the way to go. Um, I'm not saying call it the Xbox Direct or anything. I, I don't know what I would call it. The Xbox. Uh, I don't know. Do you have an on? Do you have an on on the spot like name for their event? I
1: don't know. Um, the Xbox X Spot. Um, the X Spot. Oh, that's kind of cool. <gasps> uh, I've always been the names guy, Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like X-Spot, the, uh, you know, Mike, honestly, Mike, Microsoft Presents would be a pretty good one. You know, Ooh, Xbox Presents. Ooh, that's dope. Xbox um,
0: Presents. Ooh, I because like
1: that. Because I, like, I feel like it just has almost the same, the same kind of ring. At It's like, it's not like copying per se. It's not like mm-hmm. Xbox Direct, but it's, it is like, it's, you know, Xbox Presents. Like you are, you're presenting your updates, your new games, you know, all that presenting all this stuff and i feel like that's just kind of the way xbox is you know Mm -hmm. nintendo direct just directs the home xbox is presenting their work to the audience um and if you know you have you have like the playstation the playstation events you i i I, you know they have the cool state of play Mm -hmm. um you know that that kind of stuff yeah i like that
0: it's like xbox literally only has one event per year And Mm -hmm. they've just kind of always had only one event per year. And it's, like, it's got to change now, especially because of all these companies.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the Xbox Presents would be, I think, a pretty good one.
0: Yeah, like, you have, like, 30-plus studios now. All of them are, I mean, I wouldn't say all of them, but most of them are working on multiple games. And you're telling me you're just going to only have one event per year? Nah. It's like, really? Nah. That's just wrong, uh. And here's the thing: I don't expect this to like start this year. I expect it to start next year. But I think it's also a problem because you know, as as we've said multiple times, Xbox has is kind of like in a. I would still, I would say they they're still in their rebuilding phase, right? They are. They they just acquired all these studios. That doesn't mean we're, like, next year rating a bunch of titles from these studios. No, it, video games take time to develop, and all these studios that they've been acquiring are working on new games that take time to develop. So it's really hard for Xbox right now to pump out multiple, 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 multiple games a year because majority of their things started development two to three year, years ago, right? And so... Once we get to a more constant flow of games, that's when these directs become key because Xbox has enough studios and enough games in development to release a game to release a big AAA first party game every quarter. <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> that's, that's like that's like saying we get Horizon, God of War, Spider-Man and Ratchet and Clank all in one year. Think how about that. All, that's see. busted. And that's like saying th- how like this nin- Nintendo lineup this year happens every year. Yeah. That's like, that's beyond me. And the thing is, you can't do that unless you get some new events. Because one event a year isn't going to have the same same effect. It's just not. And the thing is, e-
1: E3, as much as I hate to say it, is slowly dying. So I mean since they haven't had been haven't had a freaking in-person thing in so long it had they're dying yeah because mm-hmm. everything now is just live stream you can't go out and play the games you can't go out and have these experiences that you know some people can't have it's like there's nothing drawing in people in e3 anymore because it's been all strictly online ever since.
0: COVID. Yep, and you got tons of company thinking that they're too good for E three,
1: like EA and PlayStation, and you know I mean, hey, you know that if, if that's the way they think, then that's the way they think. Yeah, there's no, there's no.
0: So it's 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 really hard to think that E three is the future of events because, to be honest, it's it's just not. If I'm gonna be honest, I think the real future of events is actually Jeff Keighley events. Uh, we know we're getting, uh, cause, look, as I'm, I know a lot of p- people find Jeff Killy cringe. Which yes, he is sometimes cringe, just cause he does. It's not like he's like dumb or like a lot of his opinions are bad. No, like just a lot, a lot of things he does. Like the way he talks in the mic is just kind of like sometimes cr- cringy. The way he weighs like he wears like sneakers with a suit. It's like, <laughs> yes, I get it. <laughs> Some of the things he does is cringe, but. You got to respect the man for what he does with the industry and how much he knows in the industry. Uh, like, and the thing is, he hosts multiple events a year. Uh, last year, he hosted three events Summer Games Fest, Gamescom, and the Game Awards. And I'm going to say this right now all three of the events were solid, but the problem is, you need companies to. Uh, get involved with your event with your events if e3 goes away guess what jeff keighley is automatically the king of events Mm -hmm. because who are all the companies going to go to they're not going to go to go to playstation be like hey can we announce all our games at your playstation event (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) no that's not how that works ubisoft isn't going to go to xbox be like yo we're basically going to have our Ubisoft event in your Xbox event. No, that's not going to happen. U- Ubisoft's going to go to Jeff Keighley and be like, yo, can we have our event in your gaming event? You know, Summer Games Fest. That, that's that, right? And if, if you're thinking, I mean, but it just won't be that big announcements at um, as E3. Well, like we just said, once bigger companies start, uh, getting involved with it, it will be. And if you think that those events last year were were bad or small, here's what I have to say to you: Elden Ring was a, was revealed at Summer Games Fest. Wonder Woman was revealed at Game Awards. Um, Outlast Three was at Gamescom. Uh so many I've other things you forgot we were getting an Outlast Three. Yeah, there are so many things. That Jeff Kelly has announced that got overlooked just because it's not E3, and just because some people find Jeff Kelly cringe, but the truth is, he does so much with these events, and he really tries. You know those like promos that that they make for events, like a, that that are super hype. It's like a mo- like a bunch of clips from games. Like he personally makes all those. He makes all the promos to his events like the man actually cares for the game gaming industry and the thing is if if e3 go, go goes away, he is automatically the center point of big gaming events throughout the year so it's it's really really exciting and then plus you can't do um your big Xbox e3 con like presentation anymore you, you you can't do that, and so smaller directs show up at the Jeff Keeley shows sometimes. You know, boom, you have a much more filled and exciting year than you would if you just had your singular E three event. That's what I
1: gotta say, man. What do you gotta say? Um, man, freak. You know, for E three, I, I feel like you know, I love, I loved the whole E three experience. Like I've never experienced it, but the the stuff that I saw and all that, I feel like, I feel like you're right though. I, I just think that there's a lot more care and effort put into, uh into what, you know, Jeff Keely's, Jeff, Keely's, Jeff yeah. Keely's, you know, all his, you know, all his stuff. There's so much mm-hmm. more effort put into that, that I think I just, I, you know, hey, I'd be glad to host my game there. You know, I would, Yeah, like, I'd love, I'd love to Imagine, do that.
0: imagine you're like, all right, I'm going to do this game, gaming event this summer. I think peep, 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 people will love it. Gets a call from software. Hey, can we uh, reveal Elden Ring at your show? Holy balls. <laughs> <Yeah. It's> like, <laughs> oh my God. God. Yes, you can. <laughs> like, oh, dude. Uh, y- you got to respect the man, Jeff Keeley. got to respect like, the man. Yes, he's cringy, but I don't even find him that cringy, to be honest. I, I really don't. Um, it, but <sighs> here's what I'll say, guys. Out of all these topics that we've uh, talked about this podcast, uh every platform showed up today. Every wow, and to be honest, they were all good. And that Fantastic. just goes to show you where our industry is at right now, man. It is so good to be a gamer right now. Twenty twenty two has been kicking our butts with goodness, man. It and it, it yeah. we're, we're just On about to start March. Suit, man. We're about to start, and Damn. March is not a slower month at all. We got the new Kirby, we got Ghostware Tokyo, we got Tiny Tina's Wonderland, we got Tunic, the uh, Xbox exclusive indie game, super high hype for that, by the way. um You have Gran Turismo Seven, you have, dude, like, I can't put it into words to describe. People don't actually understand how stacked 2022 is mm-hmm. until we get to December, and everyone's looking back like, dang. I don't know if we're ever going to be able to top this year. But I already see it. I I already see it in March. So it's, it's, just, it's just so good to be a good gamer right now, no matter what mm-hmm. plat- platform you guys are on, which is why we do this podcast and why it is what it is because uh, we just love video games, and that's the bottom line. We don't love Xbox. Well, I mean, well, we do love Xbox, but we don't solely love Xbox. We love PlayStation, but we don't solely love PlayStation. We love Nintendo, but we don't solely love Nintendo. Do you know what? We do love, Christian. We love gaming. We love gaming. We love gaming. That's it. We
1: love you gamers.
0: Yes, and we love you guys. Thank you all so much for tuning into this podcast. This was great. I loved having you, Christian. We got to do this more often.
1: Yeah, thank you for Um, having me. It was really fun. It was really fun.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping to have a second podcast this week, depending on how much news. Uh, This is the start of the week, so we should get some stuff. Um, but anyway, thank you all so much for watching, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Johnny Muralt. Peace. You all have a wonderful night.